Welcome to the Picture This Photography Podcast, where we talk about all things photography. And today we're going to be talking about toxic photographers. We've all encountered them. They make the photography community terrible. (laughs) Tony and I are going to talk about some of these toxic people um, and how to break those habits and how to make this photography world a little bit better. We have some awful quotes, too, from really, really mean people. They're yeah. so mean, they they go back to being funny again. Yeah, they're so <laughs> mean, they're fun. Okay, first, let me thank our sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators with more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more. Premium membership gives you unlimited access. You can join the classes and communities that are just right for you and your 2019 goals. I just watched this awesome class from Sean Dalton on getting paid to be a travel photographer, and it had a lot of really good organized, useful information in this hour-long class. And it's a two-way thing. Like You can communicate to Sean and get feedback from other members of the community. Sean outlined things like how to make money selling stock photography, how to find clients in different locations, so you can travel around and actually get paid to do it. It's really useful. Skillshare is super affordable with an annual subscription of less than $10 per month. The first 500 people who use the link in the description will get a two-month free trial. Thanks, Skillshare. We talked to a tech editor at a major tech blog, and they cover all sorts of different technology, including photography. And he told us that photographers photographers are the worst. Yeah, well, actually, he's not the only person to say that. We've talked to other people that have come from other tech fields, and I've heard them say that photographers are the worst. And so it kind of got us wondering, well, first of all, I felt very validated. I was like, they are awful. I knew it. But then I was sad because... I love photography and I I love the community and I want to know why are they so angry? Can I say I used to write books for Microsoft Press, like about Windows 98 and stuff like software people hated. Super cool. And the Linux people are kinder than the photography world. Nerds will know what I'm talking about. The first reason I think this happens is just general online animosity. And there's two parts of this. For one, most people online are interacting with pseudonyms, just fake names. And uh, so they know they won't be held accountable. At least they think they won't be held accountable for the things that they say. Another part of that is if you've ever just worked online with a coworker, somebody you don't see in person all the time, tensions tend to build when you don't talk to people in person. Little... Uh, you start to read in emotions and what they're saying that might not actually be there. And so you think that they're being sarcastic about something when maybe they're not. Sometimes they are. And maybe it's a part of that um, being anonymous. Yeah, it could be. I'll say the first time we went to Photo Plus, a photo conference, I was really nervous that people were going to like attack us and just be mean to us. Because one out of three comments online were super mean. But then when we were there in person, not a single person was mean. Every single person ever has been super nice. And we've met hundreds of people. Has anybody ever been mean in person? No. But every day online, people are mean, right? Correct. People are nicer in person than they are online. And photographers interact mostly online. And so I think that just builds up. I will say another part of it is people have said insulting things in person, but you get a feel for their personality and you're like... You're just that dude, and you take it less personally. That can be part of it, too. Yeah, and if we, there's a bit of advice to take from this. It's that if you don't want to be a jerk online, imagine that you're talking in person. Would you say what you're saying to somebody in person? Or maybe you would phrase it a little bit differently. Here's an example. This person said, you white-haired bleep, 
They used a very rude word to describe me. <laughs> There's no way that this bleep is better than a Mavic. And that's because I thought another drone was better than this guy's drone. I just did a review. It was entirely objective. Yeah, but what's your hair and uh, insult have to do with it? Right? He immediately escalated to uh, just personal attacks, trying to make me feel bad about my physical appearance, and, uh, and then swore at me. And these are things that would be really easy to avoid. Like, there's also no information in his, con con his comment. He doesn't say, oh, you made a mistake at 1 minute 15 seconds, this works differently, or, oh, I've had different experiences. My no. There's no information, just personal attacks. And it's kind of the worst possible way to interact in person or online. But I would bet you anything that this person would behave totally different if I met him in person. I bet we still wouldn't like him. <laughs> He's a jerk. All right. Arrogance and appreciation scarcity. Ooh, that's a really fancy way of saying, first of all, when you first start taking photos, you think you're awesome because every picture is leaps and bounds better than the last one. Like you start to really feel like I got this. I'm pretty talented. I got it going on. And then you see someone else getting a bunch of attention and you think, what do they have that I don't have? Maybe you feel like there's a limited amount of praise that can go around. You think your picture's better, but so-and-so's picture got 500 likes. That's stupid. Why is that? Yeah, it creates this conflict inside yourself that you feel like you need to resolve in some way. And sometimes the way you go about resolving it is tearing down that other person's work. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that. Like, they're, they're just getting likes because they put, I don't know this photo filter or this stupid trend or uh, a hot model or you'll find endless ways that people try to invalidate other people's success. Yeah, they use composition and storytelling, but I have sharpness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's a comment from DP Review. This person, somebody shared a street photo and this person didn't like the title of their street photo. <laughs> they said, Shame on you for this preposterous, presumptuous hogwash, deceptively reverse-engineered in an attempt to make the title look appropriate and to make you look perceptive. Did people like that picture? Is that why this person was so upset? Or Not in particular. I don't know. There was no reason for them to get this mad about it. Uh, now, they did some things right, like they didn't swear, so that's a step in the right direction. They also didn't attack the person personally. It's basically fancy man swearing, though. Hogwash? That's a little rude, sir. I know. Are they, like, from 1800s England or something? They're, like, royalty getting mad. But what they really did wrong here is an attempt at mind reading, and this happens all the time. We interact with somebody online, and we jump to conclusions about what their intentions are, and that's impossible to know. We cannot read minds. So they, have, they think they figured out what that person is thinking, and what that person is thinking is something evil. And then they proceeded to tell that person what they're thinking. But we, we can't read other people's minds, and you need to acknowledge that. This happens to us all the time as YouTubers. People see something we, we do, and they don't agree with it, and they will immediately jump to the conclusion that we're doing this because we're sponsored. Or we're doing this because we're mad at so-and-so and we're trying to get revenge. And that's a type of mind reading, and none of us are mind readers. Yeah, if that's happening to you, my professional advice is to just ignore that person because no matter what you do, they'll always look for a new reason to invalidate you. Um, so this person is saying he doesn't like 
the title of the picture, but if it weren't the title, I guarantee he would have had another criticism. And as a YouTuber, that happens all the time. People don't like your title or they don't like your thumbnail. We've had people criticize us for smiling too much. Then people criticize me for smiling too little. So, I mean, sometimes these people just, they're having a bad day and they're taking it out on you. It's not necessarily even about you. So, Chelsea, photography attracts creative types, but also technical types. Yeah, there's really two extremes. I, I see the two extremes and sometimes I wonder if there's much middle ground there, people that are well balanced in both. Um, I think it really can attract people that are into tech because it can be very technical. They love the cameras, they love the advancements that the cameras are making, and they find it to be a real challenge just to get a photo that's properly exposed and sharp and round bokeh balls in the corners and like every little technical aspect you can think of. They love that challenge and they love thinking about it. But you as more of the creative type, have you noticed anything about the personalities that tend to be drawn to tech fields? Um, I think that sometimes they can focus more on the tech than the intention of photography in general. What? Tech nerds don't know how to interact with people. <laughs> On the whole. Well, you actually know more as about... As an IT guy. You know more about that than me, actually. I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of tech people personally, and they're not good at talking to people. I think when they were raised, they were probably not socialized properly, or they were pushed into a so world harsh. where it is true, though. These people don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> they prioritize facts and knowledge over relationships. And so we get these people and put them into this world where they're in, interacting anonymously and they just want to show what they know and they come across as jerks. Yeah, I will say that I get those comments online where people really want to tell you what they know and why you're wrong. Like I will research a podcast and then some guy in the comments will just tell me why I'm wrong. It's like, no, I, I researched it and you didn't. Um, but then I meet those people in real life and oftentimes I pick up on what you're talking about where I'm like, oh, this person's not socially adept. It's not necessarily about me. Uh, they seem like they just explain random things to people that don't want to hear all the time. Yeah. So if you feel like you might be one of those people who doesn't know how to interact with humans, we have some tips at the end That's that we'll me. share. That's me sometimes. Yeah, well, it's definitely me. <laughs> it's you, but I love you for it. I think we are a global community too, more so than just about any other hobby out there. 40% of our audience is in the US, which means 60% is from outside the United States. And there can be a culture clash there. There's always going to be some amount of culture clash. Actually, in the beginning, something really difficult for me as an instructor was that a lot of cultures did not like how I conducted myself as a woman or how we interact as husband and wife. Like if I yeah, correct you, all the time. people, ooh, if that were my wife, she'd be in trouble. Whereas I'm just like, mm, that doesn't happen in my world. Um, but yeah, in your pictures, you might be also conveying things different culturally. Like in some cultures I've noticed in our photography groups, they can't really photograph themselves with women that aren't family. So they just take self-portraits and that can seem a little bit strange in my culture. But once you understand why that's happening, then you understand why they just have a bunch of photos of themselves. Or if you're in Europe, half your pictures are naked people. And then you'll, you'll be in the Bible Belt in America and people will be terribly offended because their kid walked past and saw a butt on their computer screen. And what but could be going on? My kid loves butts. But then they'll post pictures of their kid holding like five guns. And then the Europeans are like, what the heck? So acknowledge that we're in a global 
global community, people have <clears throat> different standards, and you can be you can learn a little bit about other communities and be a little more sensitive to that. And if somebody crosses a barrier that you're not comfortable with, know that it's not universally bad to show a gun or show a butt or something. People. Have what about a gun reasons. butt? What about a butt gun? Oh, this is gonna you know what? Um, I also think it's because. Photography transcends language, so it's very easy to merge all of these cultures in one place and all these ideas. So uh, sometimes you take some of the things about photography that I love, like the fact that it transcends language, it's accessible, everybody can do it, everybody can appreciate a photo, and then sometimes that results in a little bit of conflict, like everybody's bringing something to the conversation. I also think people tend to personally identify with cameras. For, for many people, cameras are one of the most expensive things that they will ever buy. And so they put a lot of thought into this decision. They take a lot of care. And then once they buy it, they uh, feel like it's part of them. And an insult to their camera is an insult to them Their decision-making. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Their own ability, their own intelligence even. Because I've noticed in doing camera reviews that a lot of people that already have the camera come to watch our reviews. And I think they're looking for us to validate their purchase, which I've kind of done. Like I just bought a nice coffee maker and then I go online and be like, other people think this coffee maker is great. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't really get into it, honestly, because I'm not that kind of gal. But. I am saying I can understand why people do that. And if they go to a review to kind of look for other people telling them they had a great idea, their their um, choice in cameras was a good choice and it's the best one, and they find out it's not, and maybe they made a mistake, they can get really angry at everyone. <laughs> I think that's why these camera forums crop up and people are just like always defending whatever camera they have. Yeah, so my, my advice here would be twofold. For one, recognize that if somebody criticizes your camera, they're not criticizing you. No camera is perfect. They're all good for different things. They each have different strengths and weaknesses. And if you are like a reviewer like us, or if you're commenting on a piece of gear, acknowledge that other people might internalize your comment. They might take it personally, even though they shouldn't. So maybe you can find ways to phrase things that aren't insulting. That's something I continue to work on. Do you, though? Because I've heard you say some things where I sometimes you say something and I just think, all right, we'll deal with those comments tomorrow. Chelsea, I was not properly socialized. <laughs> you should know that. Blame my parents. We're going to bring it back around to the socialization. Here's a comment again from DP Review because <laughs> that's where these people right, gather. Look at those comments. You are so sad. This is just somebody who commented about a lens. They, they had, a, had a good experience with the lens. <laughs> They like the lens, and this is the response to that comment. Yeah, and they really go on. You can't argue that. You go on to your straw man argument of color science when we all know that color is subjective. So there's hyperbole there, right? He's saying that we all know that Do color we? is subjective when not everybody might know that. There's also some mind reading here because he's imagining the motives for this person and why the person is saying these things, but he clearly can't read the person's mind. Uh, you're showing yourself for who, you, what you really are when you can't even admit that the Nikon is excellent. <laughs> Whoa, that last line, by the way, it's hard to take your opinion seriously when you have a bowl cut like a six-year-old kid. Wow, that's a true savage. Whoa, why do you have to bring it there? Bowl cuts are very cool. <laughs> so if you're the person writing the comment, again, they escalated to a personal attack and that's completely unnecessary. You can just completely leave that out. If you're the person reading this, then you can say to yourself, 
okay, clearly this person is emotionally involved in a gear discussion, and that's stupid. <laughs> that's ridiculous, right? You you don't have to get mad even if somebody says something less than flattering about a piece of equipment. That makes no sense whatsoever. And as soon as you read a comment like that, you can say, okay, this person's no longer in the realm of rational. Can I mention something else that I think has to do with a lot of the tension in photography? I think the fact that it is subjective can be really frustrating for people that like measurable results. In other words, if you're coming into photography as a tech person especially, you might be a person that likes guidelines and rules and numbers and metrics, and suddenly you're thrown into something where there's not necessarily um, a way to measure how good a picture is. Some of the best pictures ever taken were a little bit out of focus or had some camera shake or a little motion blur. And I could see how that could really frustrate a person looking for order. So I think that people try to make their own metrics for success in photography. And that's why I hear a lot of things like real photographers shoot film. Real photographers don't crop. Real photographers don't edit in Photoshop. Real photographers, I mean, does the list go on forever? How many times have you heard someone making up these rules for a medium that really does not have any. You're just trying to sabotage the photography community because you're straight <clears throat> up evil. That's, that's true. Uh, unhappiness. I think a lot of people who get involved in this hobby are doing so because they're at a bad point in their life. We know it's this from personal experience. Life. Yeah, it can be therapeutic. We've talked to people who are either themselves or a loved one was going through like a serious or even terminal illness. People are in deep states of depression. They're recovering from an addiction and they're looking for some outlet to put all of their time and energy into. And that's great. Photography can be therapeutic. It, can, it, has, it has literally saved lives. We've talked to people about this. But if you're interacting with somebody who's going through that online, they are in a bad place. They might feel highly emotional. They might be reacting with anger or hostility because their spouse has cancer, not because they don't like your haircut. I actually have had people come out and apologize to me um, maybe half a dozen times over my career because they'd been extremely aggressive and rude towards me. And one guy was just, he was having a mental health issue and he had not been taking his medication and he was stalking me on every single social media platform and just saying extremely rude things. And he eventually wrote me and just said, I was not well. Um, and other people have had six spouses, six spouses or lost their jobs and they've come back and been like, Hey, that really wasn't appropriate. I'm in a very bad place in my life and I'm sorry. So absolutely does happen. People can just take out their frustrations on anyone around them. Yeah. If you're on the receiving end of this, just remind yourself, like if somebody's responding that way, it's probably not because of you. There's probably something else going on in their life and you don't need to write back like, Oh, you're clearly a crazy person. Yeah. You don't need to respond with hostility because that doesn't make anything better. If there's one thing I've learned from taking a ton of criticism is that it's usually has almost nothing to do with me. I may be triggering a feeling in them or reminding them of an event, but um, you know, if someone's especially savage about your photography, they probably have something else going on. That's not really normal. Tall poppy syndrome. I love this phrase. It's Australian and like, who told us this phrase? I don't remember, Okay, but I like it. I, I think the way it goes is in Australia, you kind of harvest the tallest poppies. So you cut the flowers off. Yeah. 
And the metaphor here is that we tend to attack the people that we see as the most successful. And on Instagram, you see this pretty pervasively. You see people just mocking the most successful Instagrammers and their work. And as soon as somebody new takes off uh, on whatever the form is, you'll see they immediately get attacked. It can be pretty shocking because tall poppy syndrome doesn't kick in when you're just beginning. And you can even get through the, the realm of the middle and above average without getting attacked too much. But as soon as you get into, I don't know, the top 5% of wherever it is that you're uh, displaying your work, you'll start to experience all these attacks out of nowhere. I think it, it depends on the size of the community. If you're, if you're in an art community in your town or a photography club and suddenly you win an award and other people didn't, I guarantee there's going to be someone there trying to... Uh, I've heard people say, put you back in your place. Mm -hmm. That's what those types of people will say. And I've definitely seen it in my professional life. I've been around a lot of photographers. A new photographer comes in and is very successful and people don't understand it. So they'll say, that person doesn't know this or that person isn't doing that correctly. It seems like that just happens. Again, I don't think it's personal. It doesn't make it any more fun to deal with, though. The same people you know who were helpful and supportive when you were beginning will be the opposite. We think everybody has known these people in their lives yeah. who only like them when they're a step below them. <laughs> I just don't deal with those people anymore. Yeah. I used to try to make everyone like me. So if I started to get some success and someone would be mean to me, I'd be like, oh, no, I hurt their feelings now. I, you know, and I, I'd try to like tend to them because I saw them as injured. And now I'm just kind of like, if you can't handle me being happy, psh, piss off, let's get out of here. I will provide one piece of advice and that is to be humble and even self-deprecating. I, I do see a lot of photographers making the mistake of talking themselves up too much, constantly bragging about their success, their skills, their Are you awards. talking about me? <laughs> and this is okay, and we do need to do some level of self-promotion, but at the same time, you will trigger these people who will attack you. You're going to trigger those people no matter what, though. I grew up in Texas, which means we loved American guns. football oh. and guns. And every Sunday, no doubt, some coach or the quarterback or somebody would screw something up. And the first thing we did was we just yelled at the screen about what an idiot they you were. You did that? Everybody did this. <laughs> we all yelled at the TV. And it's ridiculous because it's not like we're better football players or anything, but it's it was a one-way interaction. Like, they couldn't hear me. <laughs> I'm sure. I've heard you yell pretty loud, Tony. The internet is different. When you you think you're being an armchair quarterback, you think you're just criticizing or venting, but the people you're talking to can see it. This applies to photographers and YouTubers and bloggers. They even, can see your mean comments. Even huge celebrities I've seen say they do not Google themselves or look at their comments because people can be so cruel. Yeah, you're not yelling at your TV. And when you do communicate online, you should think that the person you're talking about will see it. You should assume that. Yeah. And you should assume that they will know who you are. And you should assume they're too. a human with human feelings. Yeah, and that other humans exist and are as important as you. We know the score in photography, but we don't know the rules. Yeah, this is our next point. What does it mean, Tony? That sounds very interesting. 
But I'm not sure. What do you mean by that? It's pretty easy to keep track of how successful different photographers are because there are lots of ways to measure that. On Instagram, you can check the number of followers. And I'm not saying that's how we measure success, but it kind of is how people measure success. Some people, yeah. Um, likes on Facebook, the num- amount of feedback that a particular photo gets in that Facebook group that you're a member of. How These much, are ways to measure success. How much your uh, photography is selling for in a particular gallery might be another metric. Mm-hmm. But we don't know the rules. So if you're playing soccer and one team is winning and assuming everybody's following the same rules, it feels okay to us. But in photography, there are no set rules. Some people try to make them up in their head. Like uh, the best photography is the photography that is the sharpest. And then somebody comes along and just uses excellent composition and storytelling and nothing is sharp. And it can blow that person's mind because they're like, but wait, I was following the rules. They're not following the rules. Why do they have so many points? You just need to acknowledge yourself that there are no rules in photography. And if you do see somebody who's beating your score and that's bothering you, you should treat it as a learning moment. Uh, you can, it's like watching Twitch. If you play video games, you can be like, oh man, that guy's really good at this game. Maybe I can pick up a tip. Just try to pick up a tip. Try to learn something from them. <laughs> Excuse me. I think it's also important to just know yourself and your priorities and what's important to you. I mean, I hear people get upset if someone has a lot of Instagram followers and they don't think it's worthy they're worthy, or I've heard people say they don't care about social media and likes don't matter. If you think likes don't matter, you know, you don't have to get upset with someone else that is getting likes. You can just think, well, what does matter to me? Is it money? Is it prestige? Is it likes or follows? Is it how much my photos are selling for? Or is it that I look at my photos and I'm proud? Or that other photographers I like look at my photos and they admire them? What is important to you? You don't have to focus on other people's success and then invalidate it or be jealous of it. You have to find what's going to make you happy. What are your goals? You know, what what would make you feel like you were at the top or you were successful? And then work towards that. If that's likes, if you do want more likes and followers on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're sharing your pictures, um, then yeah, you can you can learn from people. But if that truly doesn't matter to you, you don't have to go around criticizing other people that do like that metric. Just find your own, make your own rules. I also think that photography is a sport that you play your whole life, but we start at different periods. Yeah. So maybe the other team has 70 points and you have two points, but they're in the fourth quarter and you're in the first quarter. Ooh, more football. We're getting a little Texan <laughs> over here. Uh, if that makes sense. If you're in your first year of photography and somebody else has been doing it for 10 years, they're going to be straight up better than you. You'll have to wait until you're in year 10 to really be able to compare yourself with them. People also learn at different rates and such, too. Uh, here's a comment that you put in here, Chels. Oh, yeah, you did a really nice video about um, a Photoshop tip on composite silhouettes. And there was this whole debate where people said that it wasn't really photography. And you couldn't, you couldn't count this picture as photography because you had done a composite. And that's kind of relating to what we were saying about the rules. Like, you don't get to make that rule for somebody else. If that's your rule, don't do it. But you, you kind of don't get to impose what you think is correct on everyone else doing something with no rules. It doesn't hurt anybody doesn't change anything still multiple images stacked together that the person took you don't have to do that yeah and that brings us to gatekeeping which is something everybody should avoid that's drawing a line where you say real photographers do this and everybody else is not a photographer 
I see this all the time. All pro photographers do this. All photographers do this or don't do this. No real photographer has ever done this. And uh, our friend Thomas Heaton, also another YouTube photographer, a very nice guy who makes very chill videos about landscape photography, recently read some mean comments. And this was the comment. How about using film and being a real photographer? No Photoshop, no Lightroom. This is what separates the true photographer from the half-assed photographer relying on software. That's yeah. arbitrary, right? Photographers rely on software. That's okay. There's no rule. It's not illegal. Nobody's going to come and arrest you. It's fine. Where are people getting these rules? And what are you trying to do to photography by putting all these restrictions on it? Like, let people be free and create something interesting and different. And I think if you want to be a film photographer or if you want to be a photographer who doesn't edit it, then find a community where everybody agrees with you. But don't put yourself in other communities where people are okay with Lightroom and Photoshop and then get mad about it. Like you made up fake rules and you're getting mad that nobody else is following them. Nobody else cares about your rules. So what are the consequences of all these terrible things happening? Well, I, I think there's a, a lot of consequences. People might attack somebody online and want to hurt their feelings. And that already isn't cool, but what you don't realize is that you're hurting a lot more people than just the person you're attacking because people see these personal attacks and it makes them afraid to share their work online. Uh, they will be, the many people are shy and timid. And when they see somebody who's mean about what they think is a perfectly good picture, then they won't put up their picture because they're afraid that that's going to happen to them. Some people do that intentionally. So we have a photography community on Facebook. It comes with our book. So you get our book and then you join this Facebook group. And the whole point is you post a picture and you get criticism. CC1 is very gentle. CC4 is like, I've got thick skin. Just say whatever you feel, right? So we have this in place. And some people just kept going on and being ruthless with everyone and saying everyone was too delicate and if they couldn't handle it, get out of photography. And I think that some people go into it with that in mind. They want to scare other people out of photography. They don't want other people doing the craft because they feel like they need to own it in some way. And, um, you know, that's just why. People learn in different ways and receive criticism in different ways. You don't have to do that to people. Yeah, and photography shouldn't be limited to just thick-skinned people who can handle rough criticism. You're doing a disservice to the entire community when you quiet the voices of the people who might be a little bit shy or a little bit timid. We can be gentle. If there are people out there who are sensitive, we can be sensitive to that. You know, it's so strange. Almost every person that I would see defend, like, really brutal criticism because you got to be thick skinned, had the thinnest skin and could never take any criticism. I, I don't know the psychology of that, but that was the way it always happened. So here are some do's and don'ts. Yeah. Do's and don'ts. Let's start with the don'ts. Don't type when you're angry. If you're having a bad day, don't spread it around by making everyone else upset. Just, you know, take a breather and relax before you spread your ideas and feelings. I type it out and then I sleep on it and I come back to it in the morning. And I rarely decide that I You're want like, to send it. Ooh, what was up with me? Uh, don't swear at people. Like I'm, I can be okay with throwing in an occasional swear word for emphasis, but don't say. Um, you are a. Yeah. Unrequested criticism. Like when is that okay? Nobody really cares about your opinion. If they ask you, give it. If they don't, 
you can think it and move on. I see this on Instagram all the time and it's inappropriate. Like you don't need to be telling people that they should do something different on Instagram. That's not what it's for unless they're asking for that. Sarcasm, not appropriate in any, any, uh, outside of the use of humor, sarcasm is completely inappropriate. Personal attacks. Someone's bowl cut has got nothing to do with how they feel about Nikon cameras. <laughs> Mind reading that we've talked about. Don't imagine that you know what the other person is thinking because you don't. Don't pull rank. Don't say, oh, I've been a photographer for 30 years. That does not make you more correct. Yeah, that was a, that's my personal pet peeve. I don't like when people do that. It comes off so annoying. And don't hyperbolize. If you disagree with somebody, you don't need to say, oh, you are literally destroying photography. I see that all the time where people just wildly overstate things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I feel like such a teacher mom right now. Do things to do to make the photography community better. Support people like you. You don't have to go into places with photography you don't like and then leave a bunch of negative comments. Go and support the people that take pictures that you like. Be supportive. Yeah, provide constructive criticism for people if they ask for it. There are lots of places where people are dying for some feedback. Yeah, you could be that person. Use a compliment sandwich. Say something good they did. Give the constructive criticism. And then something good they did again. A lot of time encouragement is a great way to help people grow. Kind of inspires them to go out and try again instead of crushing their spirits until they hate their craft. Uh, appreciate different skills. And if you don't understand something, maybe learn a little bit about it. If you see somebody's getting praised for their work, but it doesn't make sense to you, then study it a little bit more. Appreciate the subtleties that are making people like them. Even if you need to learn that people like the photographer and not the photo, what makes people like that photographer and want to be supportive of that photographer? I'd like to pair up creatives and tech nerds like a buddy cop movie and make them like, first they don't like each other, but then they realize there's something to the tech side or the creative side. Yeah. They have to make a picture together. It's going to be my next, my next YouTube series that flops after Wanderlust. And acknowledge that there's no right or wrong in photography. There aren't rules that anybody needs to follow. People do things differently, and that's okay. Yeah, sometimes I worry with all the criticism that we're missing out on people that want to do something really weird and cool and different, but they're too afraid to share it. Yeah, we definitely are. And a final thank you to our sponsor, Skillshare. They have more than 25,000 classes in business, design, photography, and more. Check out the link in the description. The first 500 people to click it will get a two-month free trial where you can check out the amazing classes, including the class I talked about earlier, making money as a travel photographer. Chelsea, I'd love to hear what people think in the comments. What are the worst things that people do and how do we fix it? How do we make the photography community not so toxic? So maybe we can welcome in some people who aren't thick skinned. Yeah, how do we make it like a, a nice big cuddly hug where we inspire beautiful pictures instead of a pit of despair and terrible comments? And don't forget to subscribe to our channel and to the Picture This Photography Podcast using your favorite podcasting app. If you're watching on YouTube, you're kind of missing out because this is a great way to just catch up on photography topics while you're driving or editing or working out. It's so free. See you next week. Bye.